Are you ready to live the life you were meant to live? Is it time to step up and strive to reach your fullest potential? Will you dare to take the bold steps to drive your business and your life to the next level? Then you're ready to live in abundance, passion, and joy. You are ready to be a maverick. Join Paul Fink, the Maverick Millionaire, and the Mavericks Do It Different podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Paul Fink, and you are listening to Mavericks Do It Different podcast. This is where we think different, be different, and do it different every single day to create magic in the world and create a different result than others in the world might experience. And we're going to be talking about that and so much more about what it takes to create a different life. And man, what a perfect example of that than our special guest today. Uh, Barbara is here and she's CEO and founder of the More Life Collective. Personal development movement focuses on empowering driven individuals, which I know you all are, to improve your health, wealth, and happiness. Additionally, Barbara is mother of three, resides in Princeton, New Jersey. We're going to talk about all her accomplishments with author of Sabotage to Success, the book that shares her journey, actionable steps of overcoming obstacles and achieving success, and how do you create all that? She faced a difficult divorce, diagnosed with stage three cancer. Would love to talk more about what your experience was with that. And during treatment, vowed to, if she beat cancer, which obviously she did, she would get another shot at life and live bigger, better, and bolder with true purpose, meaning, and intent. We describe Barbara as purpose, style, and adventure are the three words. Barbara Majestic. Thank you so much. And it's, I'm sorry, Barbara Majeski. <laughs> thank you so much. And it's one of those things. Here's the great tip for all of you. You do not know or need to know how to speak to be a speaker. Barbara, <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. We do make it real right here. And you are a perfect example of all of that and more. Um, thanks for being part of this. I like being called majestic. I'm here for That's it. That's it. <laughs> So tell us, you know, one of the things that that we focus in on is our journey and where it all began. So where did your journey begin? Yeah, you know, I really came to understand where and thank you for having me. I, I'm going to enjoy this conversation. Um, I really connect with entrepreneurs and innovators and dream makers. So I believe that who that's who tunes in here. Um, you know, when I was diagnosed in 2015, I went through treatments in 2016 for stage three uh, colon cancer. I went into this great like mental game of like, I can beat this. I got this. Like at stage four, I would be a little, I was like, I, I, I'm a stage three. So I, I'm good. And so I had surgery and then I had like 12 rounds of chemo. And on like my eighth or ninth fusion, I was like, oh shit. Oh, can we curse? Is this a curse? Okay. You can bleep that out. Just live, live it. Go ahead. Um, I was like, right, row. Um, <clears throat> things are not looking good. I'm like, I, I don't think I'm going to make it. I couldn't believe at 42 years old, every chapter that had been written about me was like done. That was it. The book was going to be 
closed. And I reflected on all the things I was really proud of and how I wanted my kids to remember me. And then I took inventory of all the things that I didn't. And I was like, oh my God, wait, wait, wait. Like I, I was like bargaining with the Grim Reaper. I'm like, can you just give me a little bit more time? Can you like pump, 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 pump the brakes? It's a smidgy. I'm not quite done here. Um, but in this kind of reflection of what I was proud of and what I hadn't done, came to this re this realization, like everything that I was really proud of that I had done, which was I had started a business in my 20s. I put myself through college. I took over as my special needs brother's legal guardian at 30. Um, I financially take care of it, like all these things. But what I understood, Paul, in that moment of all the things I was really proud of, I wanted to quit. So I think that speaks to all the entrepreneurs. I wanted to quit putting myself through college, waiting tables, teaching aerobics, like I'd know social life. And every time I'd save up a bunch of money, I'd have like a little nest egg. I'd have to write a check to the university. And I was like, I could really use a car, you know? I'd, write, I'd like a new pair of pants. And instead I'm just, but every time I wanted to quit anything, I thought if I quit, I can't take care of my brother. If I quit, he'll be institutionalized. If I, if I take this job and not, you know, take, you know, this entrepreneurial path, this upward mobility, this unlimited earning potential, that kind of path, I can't take care of Steven. And if I can't take care of Steven, he's institutionalized, it's my fault. So all of the things I ultimately was super proud of really hinged on if you don't do this, um, you, you won't be able to take care of Steven. But what I came to realize as I'm like, well, thank God, right? Isn't the first idea, right? Thank God I was taking care of Steven. Thank God. Right. And I realized, I was like, it was never me taking care of Steven. It was always Steven who was taking care of me because Steven gave me the greatest gift that we can all be given as the gift of purpose. He gave me no quit, no backdoor, figure it out, make it happen. Nobody cares about your problems. Mine are bigger because I can't feed myself. And it, it, in that moment, I was like, oh my God, if I get another shot, I will never play small again. I will always use my voice to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. I'll put myself in every, everywhere and anywhere. And that's kind of where you're finding me today. I, I survived cancer, got a new lease on life. And I am like all in like, you want to do a podcast? I'll do a podcast, Paul. We'll talk all day long. <laughs> you know, and it's so amazing. And, and I have a similar story, if you will, I've got uh, six children as, as you may know. And, uh, so with that, um, that same catalyst, that same drive, like they're looking at me for food, like they're looking at me for their life, their future. It, mm -hmm. I, it dr drove me to create everything that I have. And those components are, I, I think, are so important to, again, recognize that they made me a better me and and created the life that we both now share only if it wasn't for them i wouldn't be the man i am today it, it, it well it's so true and it does level you up when you realize that your thoughts your words your actions your choices are all not just about your well-being your well-being is a byproduct but you're you've got well you got 12 eyeballs on you you got you, six, go. you know um yeah, all like eyes are on you it, and it, it's fascinating to me. And, and people look at that and go, well, I don't have 
you know, relatives that I'm, that I'm taking care of. I don't have children. I don't have that catalyst. So I guess I'm, I'm lost. And, and so, and I hate to say it, but sometimes they miss the point of the story, but what do you say to that, Mm -hmm. that comment? Like, I think that's a great question. And I think that we all have the capacity to live a life of service and success and making money is really using your gifts to serve others. Um, and whatever capacity that is, is there, you know, what can you do to help others when you come from that, that, that channel? Like if you have a product, a service, and you're like, oh, I'm scared to go on social media because I'm scared of being judged. The way you move from like, oh, that fear, that doubt, that insecurity is you go into acts of service. What you have, you designed because you know it's made your life better and you want to help others. Then when you shift of like from that ego space and fear, but being in that service space, uh, you will find your higher expression of who you are in the track that you are in. Yeah, I've talked about this a long time. I've been in sales for 40 years and in, in the sales process, to believe in your product so profoundly that you know that it is your duty to do whatever it takes to, to share it with somebody else. That when you do, that's the, that's the sin. That mm-hmm. not being rude to someone or getting in their face or being too pushy. The mm-hmm. sin is not sharing what you know is valuable to the other person. Um, I also think in that same vein is like listening twice as much as you speak. It's like anybody who's like the best analogy is like a selling a car. Like a mom can come in with six kids and the car, the, the salesman can be like, oh my God, I've got this great, safe, comfortable minivan. But if that's not what they're interested in, because you've just made assumptions that this is the reason this woman is in here, you might be selling the features and benefits that are really she's deaf to, as opposed to tell me I'm here to listen so I can really meet your needs and meet you where you're at, not where I assume where you're at. It really is. I think sales is such a great at life. That's actually what my book is about. Sabotage to success is my sales skills, learning how to listen twice as much as I speak, right? You two ears, one mouth, listen twice as much as you speak. It's so true because we can sit there and be like, oh, she needs a minivan. But meanwhile, she's in there. She's got seven minivans. She's ready for her sports car in her second act. You know, like, I don't know. You didn't ask. You don't know. Go with certain uh, uh, judgments so that you have a direction, but definitely be ready to pivot, to adjust, to shift up as you listen to exactly what's going on. Get curious. Are you ready to take your life and your business to the next level? Come close, listen up. Because Maverick Success Live is the event you've been waiting for. Picture this. Three days of immersive training that will teach you everything you need to know to transform your life and your business. At Maverick Success Live, you'll learn how to unlock your fullest potential and achieve the success you've always dreamed of. So what are you waiting for? Register today for Maverick Success Live at maverickSuccessLive.com. Remember, this is only the beginning. Watch what happens next. You know, I think actually you just talked about judgment, which I think is one of my most fascinating topics that I explore all the time 
is that if you can just suspend judgment, I know it's natural because it keeps us from walking into oncoming traffic. If you just take that minute before you judge everyone walking around and and then get curious. Tell me, tell me a little bit more. Like, yeah. tell me more about your audience. Like, if you can just move into that lane, you're going to be able to operate so much more proficiently, not only professionally, but also personally. Listen to your wife. Here, here. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's so fascinating that 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 you know, when we look at and bring it to a, a 10,000 foot view, when you look at your life and you look at business and every aspect. If, when you can stay in that young uh, curiosity mode of a, a three or five-year-old and, and just ask why a hundred times a day and, and be fascinated by the answers, that's, that's so much the secret of success and happiness and success in business. Comment on that? Yeah, I, I think that you feel most of value when you bring value to somebody else. When you're like, I really hooked them up today. I really did something. They're going to love that. They're going to appreciate it. I feel really good about that transaction. And it, again, it goes to, I met Oprah 100 years ago. And okay, so it wasn't 100, but it was a little bit, a bit ago. And I asked her, I said, oops. All right. I didn't say, oops. I said, Miss Winfrey, um, what advice would you give to somebody who aspired for your level of success? Because that's how my brain goes. And I'm like, Oprah looks like she's living a good life. I'll take a little bit of that. And she's like, you can't aspire for anybody else's level of success because success is a byproduct of living in service of others, of taking your gifts and serving others. And so you'll hear me message that because that's what resonates in my own head. Like even when I'm thinking about this conversation today, I'm like, how can I best serve this audience that are as entrepreneurs? And I know what entrepreneurs deal with. I know the good, the bad, and the very ugly. Um, so yeah, I think that's been one of um, a really strong message for as I navigate different areas of business and life in general. With all that you've accomplished and done and in your journey, one of the biggest things that I analyze and I look at is what makes you different? Uh, so many people have the same experience. Uh, they'll have loved ones that need service. They have, you know, bouts of cancer and other debilitating diseases, and they'll go through life changes and they won't have the same reaction or results that you've created. What makes you different? What did you do or think different? That is really good. And there, I think there's not just one thing, um, but I do think being aligned with a greater purpose has allowed me to figure things out of like not letting, not having any back door, no other options, always like you've got to do this. No. So I think that was. MB. No. No. Yeah. No, for me, like you got to go make this work because a job and getting paid was never in the cards for me. I could not just get a paycheck and expect to take care of a brother for the rest of his adult life. Like I had to make money and there's a huge difference. I think that's what leads us to being entrepreneurs. Sometimes like we just need that autonomy, that upward mobility, that freedom, that, that our creativeness cannot be 
you know, boxed in. So I think for me, what really did make me difference is I was aligned with a much greater need to make money far beyond having private jets and fancy cars. I had to really provide it at such a level that I didn't know how to do. I didn't grow up with that. I didn't understand it. So I had to be very hungry and very humble simultaneously and have very little ego of like, I don't know how to make money. I don't know how to build personal wealth or generational wealth. And I did not learn that in school. My degree in health education, <laughs> I don't know, didn't teach me that. So how do I learn the mindset and what I need to do? So I really did submerse myself in um, books uh, when I got out of college of like, I don't think I learned anything about how to make money. So I better just find out. And um, that's what I, I think what set me is my alignment with um, with taking care of Stephen and recognizing I think that is just the, you know, the, the greatest gift. And, you know, he's 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 doing well now. That's so <laughs> so awesome. A little different. Well, what one of my sons is also named Stephen. So every time you saying that it runs right to my heart. Uh, really appreciate that the with your journey and and what is it so if people don't have that purpose yet they don't have that catalyst mm -hmm. that's driving them what can you do how do we inspire them or what can they do to create that in their world um i i love this question so something that my dad taught me a long time ago is to dream big so when we were we had lived in i'm a jersey girl but we had lived in california for a little bit because my parents lost everything so we had to go live with my uncle out in california i'm in eighth grade so backstory is i'm a twin so i have a twin brother and then i have younger twin brothers um my mom's a triplet it runs in the family stay away all the things um but what also runs in the family is Fragile X, which is my, what my brother has. It's much like Down syndrome. So we're living out in California and morale is low because we're living with my uncle in an 800 square foot, one bedroom studio apartment. And so there's five dudes and me, just if anybody's doing the math. Oh. My mom's not there. It's just me. Five, I'm the only girl. I'm 13. <laughs> so horrible. Um, and when morale was low, my dad's like, let's go look at houses and let's go look at cars. And he would take us to the Ferrari dealership. Take us out. We didn't even have a car. We had a van with two seats and like those hubs, the tire hubs, I don't even wheels, right. call them wells, tire wells. Yep. Yep. And so my brother, especially needs to sit in the front because he would get car sick. And then the three of us would be in the back. One would get, you know, two would get tire wheels or the wells and the other person was surf in the middle like it, like hold on for <laughs> it's hard like terrible but it was it's growing up short anyway my dad takes us to these ferrari dealerships like i can't even imagine what these car dealers thought of us and I, my dad be like well what ferrari do you want i was like i just want a house and a car like i don't need a ferrari i want a car with seats a seats i want an air conditioning would be a bonus feature but i don't want to get like too fancy Anyway, what I learned, what I took from that, he's like, I'm like, why do you, why do you do this to us? Like, why are you doing this? We can't, we, we're living with your brother and we don't have a car. Why are you doing this to us? He said to me, because somebody's got to buy these houses and somebody's got to buy these cars. We just need to figure out what they did to have what they have and do those things. And the gift of that always in my childhood, and even today, my dad's like, let's go, my dad loves stuff like, let's go look at private planes, blah, blah, blah. I love that. 
but it's this just start like you don't know you can't get on the road to where you're going if you don't know where you're going like where you're, you're yeah. you got if you're in jersey go to california you got to know the destination yes. and you cannot stop yourself from asp you know aspirations like you, you got to watch you got to do the checkup from the neck up i had three guys over yesterday we're doing some filming for some of the stuff i'm doing and i'm like what do you guys think of private aviation they're like oh like well you know like right like that's but you know i'm like never nothing's out of reach if you want and you aspire for this that has to become something that you're like that's a non-negotiable uh right that's a non-negotiable I'm I'm going for the private because somebody's got to make the private jets. Somebody's got to fly them and somebody's got to buy them. Which one do you want to be? I don't want to make them. I might want to fly one. I don't know, but I'd rather own one. And having that, if that's what you want, then start reverse engineering. Okay. This is where I'm going. How do I get there? Because somebody knows the way and I, you know what? I'm just going to take the path that somebody else took and stop cutting yourself off because you're like, Oh, that's for, that no, that's for you. If that's what you want, you just that's have to be willing to do, do the work. So write it down, get a vision board, and stop talking yourself out of stuff that you rightfully deserve. You and I deserve to fly private because you have so many damn kids, it's too expensive to fly them commercial anyway. You and I are on the same page. I gotta tell you, Barbara, in all that you're talking about, when I was growing up, and I grew up right around the corner from you. I, I grew up. Uh, we're we're right there. I understand Jersey girls. So the the con when I was growing up, all these things we were talking about was not not a part of my world. Like I didn't know, and I and I talk about this even in my thirties. I didn't know that you could go on a private jet. Like I thought that was you know the president or or Warren Buffett, but I didn't know like oh you know. With enough cash, you just pay them and you go on a private jet. It's not that big a deal. And and I didn't know that was possible. And one of the things that I made sure of is in this journey is that one, I became aware of it by hiring mentors, by hanging around with wealthy people, by hanging around and stepping out of my comfort zone and being with them. And then I introduced my children to it and made sure that they flew on a private jet, that they understood what these better things were so that they knew how to aspire to it. And such a powerful message to, to mm -hmm. make sure that you're introduced to this and dreaming bigger. Well, you know, what I like about what you're talking about is that really does embed in our children's subconscious mind, the power of belief. Like I just assumed what my dad said was the word of law because that's how we perceive our parents. My dad was like, if you want it, you just have to do the work to get what, that somebody's got to buy it. Why not be that guy? Right. Although it seems like, all right, I just have to figure it out. And I've lived with this belief of like, as long as I'm willing to do the work, I can have everything and anything that I want. And it is really that I have story after story where I wrote something down and I thought I was crazy. And the next thing you know, it's materialized, including the house I live in today, which is kind of crazy. But um, I want to share this in the power of what our kids, like what we're messaging to our kids, we don't realize it. So when I was going through my treatments, um, my son, my oldest son was having, he didn't want to go to school anymore. And I was like, dude, why don't you want to go to school? And he wouldn't answer me, wouldn't answer me. And finally, like we're walking home from Princeton and going, you know, after dinner, I'm like, dude, like, what's your problem? And he's like, mom, I just want to stay home and, and make sure you're okay. 
And what I learned was he would go to school and worry that when he came home, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to survive and I wasn't going to be okay. And I said to him, I said, all right, I said, let me set this record straight. There's nobody like your mother. I am the strongest mom in Princeton. Nobody like me. I ran the New York City Marathon twice for shits and giggles. Like I went through like a list of things that I'm like, he's going to perceive this as I'm badass, you know? And I'm like, I'm pulling things out of the sky. Like I'm this, and but I said, I'm the strongest mom in Princeton. And you saw these other moms survive cancer. Then I'm like, are they as strong as me? He was like, no. I'm like, then you don't have to worry. I want to fast forward a year and change later. He's transferring schools to, so we're in the admissions counselor's office or whatever. And they're interviewing. They're like, oh, I see your mother had a pretty serious battle with cancer. How did that affect you? Were you worried? And he goes, so I'm sitting behind Gabe and the counselor's like face, face me. And Gabe goes, oh no, my mom's the strongest mom in Princeton. I was, I was like, no. So the counselor like looks at me and I'm like, I guess I am. Your words as leaders, as mothers, as influencers, as innovators are are so powerful. And when they are backed with like a confidence and belief and your actions. So my kids were like, I was like skiing on one week. So I wasn't feeling, you know, all the things. I was a badass through it. And just never forget like that really, that can be so powerful. I couldn't control my diagnosis, but I could control my attitude about it. And that is what I think most landed for my, for my children. So, and, and, and that's true with everything that we face mm-hmm. is that I'm a firm believer that you, that the, the, and you already started the, the trend. So the shit gets divided up equally with all of us. It's just how we how we manage it, how we go through this, this journey in facing the stuff that lands in our lap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we haven't shared or talked about, but my wife just went through this battle with cancer as well. Mm-hmm. And, she was stage, and she was stage four. <sighs> and the two of you could compete with be- being badass. Damn. Uh, yeah. And, what kind and of uh, she had um, uh, Lyomire sarcoma, one of the rarest cancers in the world. And it's uh, cancer of the pulmonary, soft tissue of the pulmonary artery. I have so, to like Google all these words. This is a heart, is a heart. Mm. Yeah. So it's in the middle of, it's uh, her um, sarcoma right in the middle of her pulmonary artery. And multiple surgeries, chemo, radiation, you name oh. it, the last three and a half years. And now she's got a clean bill of health. God bless. And it's been a battle of, you know, almost facing death like five, six times over the last three years. How old is uh, she? She is now 50. I need to get this right. Uh, put you put me on the prep. 50. Oh, wow. God yes. bless. I, I'm looking at you. I'm thinking you're in your 40s. I'm like, oh, she must be in her 30s. I, I'm like making up numbers over here. Well, so. thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. that. I'm like, oh, my God. She must be in her 30s. I love 30s. you. Like, no, um, well, God bless your yeah. wife. What a what a trooper, man! And that's, whew, that's yeah, and it, no it's joke. a real bond uh, with your story and everything that you've gone through. Really understand it and transmitting, and this is really key. And and my belief is everybody's a badass, and internally, and they just don't know how to activate it. Mm-hmm. That, that we all have the strength and the power to do w- what we do. And it's a matter of stepping into that power as, you, as you've as you done and over and over and over again. 
and recognizing that you can. And it sounds like you, you got that from your father and there's a solution to every challenge and always face the challenges head on. Yeah, no, I, I will say, you know, understanding my own fears, my insecurities and my doubts and how much weight I put on other people's opinions um, and really regulating that and recognizing that we're all just passing through, you know, and am I living at my highest expression of who I am or am I just so worried about other people's perception of me. And I tell you, there's been a few breakthroughs I feel, and I know your wife could kind of resonate of like, that was a waste of time. And I'm not doing that anymore that I think cancer gifts us in the, in the process. And I think me understanding that, I think we all, the mistake is like, I don't care what other people think. And I don't, I think that's disingenuous when we say that because we do care what people think. I care that your audience likes me and, right. and thinks I'm adorable and all of that. I care. I want a five-star Uber rating. Well, I, and so I would always be like, I don't care. I swipe left on the white weight of other people's opinions, right. but we do have we do care, but sure. what we do need to let go of is we have no control over the way other people perceive us. And all we have control over is how we carry ourselves and we can do our best and that's it. Go in with our best effort, do our best. You can be the juiciest peach on the peach farm. Not everybody's gonna like peaches and let go that you have any control over anybody's opinion of you. You right. just don't. And when you like release that, you're like, no matter how hard I try, this person's not gonna like me you stop caring. You're, that's the part that I care about. I, like, I'm like, I want to do my best and bring my best foot forward every time, but I'm no longer beholden to um, other people's perception of me because that's a reflection on them. I do wish you all give me a five-star rating um, if you don't mind. And there if there was Perfect. Okay. Say one more time. Five-star <laughs> rating, guys. Five-star. I don't the, know where it goes. Like if I had a new Yeah, I don't know either. The... <laughs> You know, and, and it's so interesting that that idea of caring, but we don't care uh, of understanding that we, we value your your opinion of us. Only we cannot be ruled by it and we cannot have that as the reason why we do any one thing. And and to go through the journey to be real with ourselves, to be real with who we are, with the understanding that I would love for you to love me mm -hmm. only the the reality is is that we cannot have everybody love us and so be accepting of that and then keep moving forward and just operate from your highest effort like give your best effort and let the chips fall where they they will give your best effort stop worrying about other people's perception of you put yourself on social media get in front of the camera do the things you need to do and don't worry about anything else bring your product your service go to every platform and stop playing small here, here. because you care about your third grade friend seeing your face on facebook pitching your book or whatever it stop go right. live your life no there's no trophies to spectators but i'm telling you entrepreneurs struggle with it and i want to say let it go do your best and put it all out there make your gazelles and go buy your pl private plane because commercial yeah a little <laughs> so i was just having this conversation last night with my son and and my son steven is uh just amazing and we were talking about and he was here visiting and we were talking about what he's done in his business or in his career 
And one of the things that I applauded him for years ago when he was 17, he was working at Chick-fil-A and got employee of the month. Love it. And he got employee of the month, not because he, you know, oh my gosh, his future was working at Chick-fil-A for minimum wage for the rest of his life. That wasn't it. Now he works for New York Life. He's getting a series seven. And, you know, so, so totally different space, only he worked. And I talk about he worked for the job he wanted, not for the job he had. Mm-hmm, and he, mm-hmm. whatever it was that he was doing, he did it at his best. And, and that's a huge lesson in, in life is to show up doing your best and, and show up to work for the person in the life and the career that you want, not the one that you have necessarily. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. And put yourself in the right, in the right environments to learn everything. Like no job should be below you. Cooking the fries should be about, I want to learn how to cook the fries because I want to run the restaurant. I want to have a chain of franchise. I'm, I can't run something I know nothing about. I need to know how to keep these bathrooms clean. But if you do it just to be a fry maker, you might not be as enthusiastic, but if you're doing those fries because you're like, I'm going to have a chain of these McDonald's or whatever, or Chick-fil-A's or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't think yeah, Chick-fil-A. I thought, talk about that. I've done so many, I've done so many boot camps, and as the speaker and trainer, I'm on the front of the room and I can't be in all places. However, at some time in my career, I've done every position in the room, which oh, yeah. may helps me understand how to engage with them. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. as a leader, a great lesson. One, one key component, and I'm going to kind of switch gears a little bit because you talked about this. And I want to touch on, I think it's so important is that, you know, we, we talk about the success. We talk about the happiness. We talk about all the greatness of, of our world. Only we don't always talk about the downturns and we all face them and mm-hmm. it hits us. What do we, what can you tell us and share with us for the people that are facing that either they have recently or they are, how to turn that around, how to get back on the horse, how to get back into the game, whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know, being an entrepreneur, an innovator, a thought leader can be a very lonely journey because it's not like, well, at the end of the week, I'm going to get a paycheck. Sometimes at the end of the week, there is no paycheck. Actually, it's, less than a paycheck and you owe and you owe money. So, you know, that is part of the entrepreneurial journey and it is, it's definitely tough, but it's important to be very receptive to what's going on around you. Like what are, what are the changes? What is the feedback that I'm really getting right here that maybe I need to make shifts or maybe you don't need to make any shifts at all. You just need to keep plugging forward. Maybe you're not getting the traction on, uh, your online sales or in your dealerships or the, the traffic in, into your community or office or e-space, you know, keep doing the things you need to do to get the things that you want, but you have to make sure you're doing the right things. And what you need is the right mentor. You need the right coach. That's like, listen, let's tweak it here and there. Let's keep going. The right coach, the right mentor is going to give you the right directions. Always get directions from somebody who's where you want to be, not from somebody who's just been a spectator. You you really don't. You don't want a surgeon, you know, 
doing surgery on you who's only sat and read it in a book. You want somebody that's actually performed the surgery, right? And and done well, done very well uh, and has a good track record. And done more but, than one. Yes. Yes. Do you, you know what it makes me crazy is people seek counsel where they seek comfort because people that have your best interests don't always know what's best. But that's where they're going to get information. So they, they love you. So they're going to give you the best advice. And that is such a crock of not good stuff. It's a it's garbage. It's not because they love you doesn't have the answers. If they're not where you want to go, stop asking them for directions. Find somebody that you can be like, I need a sounding board. I'm lost in the sauce. Give me some feedback. It makes a massive, massive, massive difference. But I think we can all agree on that. Like yeah, you and I are cut from the same cloth, Barbara. It drives me nuts. <laughs> yes. yes. Like, you know, how does that person know? Like what? <laughs> yeah. They'll get advice on on what to do about their love life with from their best buddy that's been divorced three times. 72 right? times. Like, what are you talking about? Well, I remember this happened a couple of years ago and it really, it just burns me. So I had found a piece of real estate and I'm there. That's another thing that I do. And I brought in a couple of friends and I said, I think we need to do an investment deal together. Um, I had just been divorced. So I was struggling to get financing because I hadn't been on my own books. So my ability to actually finance, and I didn't know enough at the time how to be creative and all the things. So I was like, let me grab some friends, taking them over as property. I was watching, 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 Paul, watching. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is an, I love ugly houses beautiful piece of property, super ugly house. And nothing makes my heart sing like an ugly piece of property on a beautiful piece of dirt. I'm like, you can always change the house. You cannot change the dirt. Location, location, location. And so I'm talking with one of the guys and he goes, yeah, I talked to uh, Bob down the street and he was like, told me we were crazy. And so he dropped out and he dropped out. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'll just let this one slide maybe, you know, but in my heart, my heart, my heart was like, this one's going to triple that damn $3 million property sold for $8 million. This was three years ago. And You're, all they did is slap on some paint. I was hold like, on, hold on, hold on. So you didn't do it? No, I couldn't. And I didn't have the, I was newly divorced. I could come up with every excuse in the book. I was, but I wanted a group to do it with me. I didn't have enough chutzpah. I didn't have enough. Uh, I don't know what the word is. In, uh, Barbara, just, we're, we are here for you. We, we are here I, for you. I didn't have the balloons that I have today. We're, I have balloons yeah. now. And yeah, so we didn't do it. And when I see these two, I'm like, remember that bay house? We'd each be walking with an extra mill and change right. in our pocket if your schmucks would have listened to me and not schmoey schmo schmoey schmo. I heard because so, I was on the conversation. So he now like, you know. Now you know. Yeah. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to Paul. Don't listen to schmucks. It's so amazing. And and I, I've been in real estate for 20 years. So I understand exactly what you're talking about. And you and so many people listen to their 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 cousin, their uncle, their friend down the block, their neighbor. Their neighbor that's never ever ever invested in anything. And they know the best solution. They know how to analyze a million dollar opportunity. And it drives me insane that same thing. It's like no, you got to go to the people that have done a thousand doors mm -hmm. and ask them what they think. 
that's the person to to yeah. find out. I think it's a really strong lesson because it you when I saw the shift in this person that I was like, listen, let's go in, let's do this deal together. He was so confident it was a no because the advice that he had gotten from somebody who had no, no and no. not a very like a good, very nice guy. The 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 information came from a very, very nice guy. Of course. But it didn't come from somebody that's like me. I'm like, I want, I want it all in this lifetime. I want it all. I right. want to do and see, and I want all of the good things in this life. Oh. I want the freedom, the finances, the fancy. Barbara, stay close. Let's let let's uh, keep this conversation going. We're gonna have to come back here another time. Um, uh, yeah. So, and I'll share with you. Yesterday, I helped my 22 year old son put an offer on his first property. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and it is a absolutely disgusting three it's actually three different deeds but it's three houses right three duplexes right next to one family nice and so it's a multi-family it's actually six units total uh but they're right next to one another three duplexes that uh need a ton of work only it's a half a mile from the college mm -hmm. half a mile from his fraternity uh, right, just location, location, location. Genius. It's it's a perfect deal. And, and I, so, love that. I love that it's ugly. If people get so caught up in like fancy faucets, I'm like, go to Home Depot. You don't need to spend right. sixty grand on that. Up, you know. know. It, my my son first walked in and he and he said that there was definitely uh, cat piss smell and dog and 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 I went, yeah, that's called money, honey. Just mm -hmm. recognize the smell. That is called Money. negotiation. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, to be, and, and for my children and for our communities, uh, and I know you act you, and you work the same way, we're the leaders. We're the ones that lead the pack and to say, here's what it looks like mm -hmm. when you apply all these concepts. And that's how we show up to be our fullest potential. Mm -hmm. And, in, but also, and in that we deal with crap too, you know, and adversity and people judging us and, you know, roofs leaking that we didn't anticipate. And it's all part of this entrepreneur journey. It's the, the, listen, the, the toilet is going to back up. It is an inevitable part of what your son's going to deal with. As long as he knows that's part of like, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. A toilet is replaceable. Don't worry. That's not really a problem. Right. It's an inconvenience. It's not a problem. Um, but I think some people are so dramatic. Like, what if this happens? Not what if, when it does happen, how are you going to handle it? Yeah. You're just going to handle it. That's it. Yeah. No, and people are always worried about, oh my God, they're going to call you for a plumbing challenge in the middle of the night. I was like, I do the same thing I do when a plumbing challenge in my house. I call a plumber. Like, so two phone calls in the middle of the night, I can manage, really. It's, one phone call to receive, one phone yeah. call to the plumber, and I go back to sleep. And Ooh, that's good. it. Not that It's not that dramatic. Like, let's regulate the drama. You got to go to Aruba with your family because of that plumbing hiccup, if you look at it that way. like, uh, So you're good. Everyone's good. But I remember just trying to get more people into real estate investment. They're like, what if the roof falls in? And I'm like, it's going to. And then we're going to yeah. fix it. And that'll be just yeah. part of the, you know, capital costs of running a business and making gazillions over the next decade. So we can retire like fat cats and not fly commercial. Love that. Gazillions, everyone. Gazillions. Yeah, tons of gazilles. Forget Check the zeros. 
I want someone in the chat to absolutely put down how many zeros gazillionaires. Just make sure we see that in the number. Money making money. Challenge. Yeah. And your kids. <laughs> Barbara, what a pleasure to have you here. What a pleasure to uh, be streaming on all this and to uh, share with the world. Uh, where can they find you? Yes. So Barbara Majeski on um, the World Wide Web, BarbaraMajeski.com, uh, the More Life Collective, which is my community to help more people go from inspiration to transformation. So I do community challenges and resets and fun in-person events. Um, but Google Barbara Majeski and see what you find. And if anything resonates with you, you can find my information on the interwebs. Beautiful, beautiful. And absolutely within the Maverick community, I have a feeling Barbara is going to be hanging out with us because <laughs> uh, we are definitely of like mind. So everyone here, thank you so much for joining us. Barbara, such a pleasure. This is Paul Fink, the Maverick Millionaire. This is a Mavericks Do It Different podcast. For all of you out there, absolutely share, like, follow, give us a five-star review and all of the rest that we're supposed to be doing on these platforms and do all that for us because these this message that we've shared here and all that we talk about is so valuable to create the world that we want to live in and the world that is worthy to be a part of. So continue to do all that. Continue to be part of the community. Thank you so much for being here. This is Paul Fink. Till next time, everyone. Thanks for being here today. As we close out this episode, which inspired you to be even more of a maverick, be sure to leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. As our gift to you, be sure to go to themaverickuniverse.com where you can download your free copy of the Maverick Manifesto. Until next time, dare to be different. Dare to be a maverick.